I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. All right, welcome back. This is another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. And I am David Bryan. And we are so excited to be back here with you today. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And we have... Uh, part two of our listener question day. And we are so excited, first of all, that we have listeners. And <laughs> we are even more excited that they have questions for us. So we have a couple good ones today. And we're going to jump into it right now. Do it. Okay. So our first question is from Janet in Wyndham, Maine, which is actually close to where my parents live. And she said, we have uh, a porch on the back of our house. And we're thinking of making it a screen porch because of the black flies are murder here, which I do know. What are your thoughts on the best way to do that? So, great question. Thank you for asking. Um, so, I think there's a couple of different uh, ways you can go about it. So, what we find clients often think about, especially is when they do a screen porch, they start to spend some time out there mm-hmm. and enjoy it during the, the good weather. And then as the weather becomes sort of uh, the shoulder seasons, they begin to think, oh, I wish we could be out here be out longer. Here more. Well, and I will tell you that that what I see most as a designer um, going into people's homes that do have screen porches is that they get used two to th- in New England anyway two to three months out of the year, and a little bit into maybe September, and then everybody's freezing and they go inside, and then the rest of the year it's a they store things. It's like a pile <laughs> of crap, right, basically, right. in in yeah. people's homes, and so and it's not that attractive. Right. So, so, so I I think so, you and I are on the same page in that we want to maybe uh, approach this in a little bit of a different way that gives you a little bit more feasibility for a longer window of time. Right. And I want to be respectful of the question and not just sort of uh, of gloss over that. So the answer is there are a bunch of different ways to go about creating a screen porch. But what I'm going to tell you after I talk about those ways is that I think you're also better off thinking about it in terms of possibly what would it take to create a three-season space, right? right? Um, And so there's a jumping-off point, too, because I think we have clients who will call us and say, I'd like a three-season room. And then when you ask them enough questions about their three-season room, the reality is what they want is an addition, and they just think a three-season room is going to cost less money. Right. right? So they they call it that because they think it's cheaper. And it's not going to be cheaper, right? So, So the screen side of it is, uh, there are a couple of products in the market uh, that allow you to retrofit. So if you already have a porch, which means you've got a deck and a roof on top of it, there are some products in the market that allow you to retrofit screening in place that work really nicely. One of them is called Screen Tight. Screen Tight is a uh, is a product that you like T I T E T I T E I think or T I G H T. I'm not sure, okay. but yes, yeah, Screen Tight. If you Google that, you'll find it's actually even sold to some of the big box stores. Um, and that's a product where you you put a track on the posts that make up your porch. And then in that track, you put uh, fiberglass screening using a spline. A spline is like the rubber uh, holder that you push into a groove and mm-hmm. it holds your screening in place. And then right. you cap it with a, a white 
PVC trap. So is this PVC something cap. you could do DIY? If yeah, you so this could to. be a DIY project. It could also be a professional contractor project, right? Okay. Um, if your if your spacing between your porch posts is too far. Uh, you don't want screening that is huge. You can buy screening pretty wide, but if you get, as you get to a place where your screening is like five feet wide, it's very difficult to make it you consistently have to put in tight. A d- divider, right? right? And so it's not floppy. Mm-hmm. So you may end up needing to reduce some of the openings or put in a horizontal piece to make you know to create uh, like a. Um, uh, a railing mm-hmm, height. To, mm-hmm. So, but the bottom line is, screen tight's a good solution, and I I like that solution because it's it's less labor intensive and it's maintenance free. The alternative is you also that you have a lot of carpentry work to basically kind of build screen frames and mm-hmm, install screen mm-hmm. frames, or you have work where you're actually stapling the screen in place onto the existing framing and then covering that with more trim, right? And then when somebody throws a, a football through the screening, which they will, it's a it's a fairly meaningful hassle to uh, to or, actually. You re- know, you're there for Thanksgiving and somebody throws the weird uncle through. Right? Exactly. Like Anything could happen. You know, right? Could, right. Yeah. It's a wild card. So <laughs> um, so th- that's a th- that's a challenge. This screen tight system actually is pretty easy to rescreen. So it's nice from that standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other thing to consider is because this is what we're describing here is a retrofit project. In other words, you already have this porch. You also have to think about the fact that those black flies are more than happy to come up through the bottom of the deck. Oh, yes, right? they are. So unless you have a tongue and groove deck board, like you actually can't see through it. Mm-hmm. Um, then you got to contend with that as well, which mm-hmm. means you need to put screening down below. And you can just you can get underneath the deck and, and staple, staple screening up, to the right? framing. Yeah. But if you don't remember that side of the deal, you'll be wondering why your brand new screen porch is you're still get you're sitting in there and still getting eaten. Right. 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 So you got to think about that as well. In a perfect world, we actually, if we're building a new project that's screen porch and we're using decking that has gaps in it. Uh, we'll actually lay all the fiberglass decking down on top of the joist and then put our, our I'm sorry, all the, fiber, all the fiberglass screening on top of our joist and then put the decking on top on of the top screening. Of that, right. Um, so that's, that's an alternative. But then to kind of close the loop on where you and I were going earlier was um, if you can make the budget work, you might want to be thinking about uh, a, an approach that allows some adaptability to the seasons. So there are also systems in the market where you can buy interchangeable glass and screen panels, mm-hmm. right? So... Uh, within the existing framework, you might have to relocate posts or, or add posts to work with it. But within the existing framework, you can buy these systems and they come with a removable screen panel and a removable glass panel. Mm-hmm. Or maybe in some cases, it's, a, it's like a plexiglass kind of a system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you store those seasonally. You put them, you know, put, depending on what time of year it is. Uh, but without a ton of work, you can actually uh, pop in the glass and, and pop out the screen and then you're stretching yourself into mm-hmm. October or November, whatever right. you decide. So right? say you're on a you know a, a sunny section and you really like being out there. Well, that means you get to go out there in March or you know right. exactly and, now, and then stretch it out into October. And that also ties into a little bit about what you have for decking, right? So in that we talked about the gaps in your decking mm-hmm. and wanting mm-hmm. to screen that out. So if you're going to do that. You actually, obviously, to stretch the room and have it work at the shoulder seasons, you can't have gap decking. You have to have an airtight floor system, right? Right. Um, so that's either a plywood system, and then you're going to put whatever floor you want to put on it or whatever, but something to think about is how you, as you're going at it. because Well, it, like, okay, so in terms of a screen porch or or this solution, if you did have gap-type decking, you could just put an indoor-outdoor rug down there. Like, they make some really attractive ones now, which would help at least some of the air movement. It would. Yeah, that would be a stopgap, I guess. Mm-hmm. That would be. But but it, bottom line is what we'd encourage you to do is think a little bit about um, the, the potential and say, okay, if, if, if what you hope comes true, which is you screen this room and then you really enjoy it, that 
the likelihood is you're going to say, man, wish you could be out here longer. Mm -hmm. So think a little further down the road and say, all right, maybe instead of doing it this year, let's save a few more bucks and uh, and get better use and better value out of it by by getting a three season room out of it. Right, right. Yep. All right. So that's our answer to you, Janet. I hope that was helpful. And thank you for your question. And our second question today, um, I think this, uh, these are great questions. Um, uh, Brian from Westport, Mass. sent us in a question saying, um, I love your podcast and binge listen to almost all the episodes within the last week, which clearly means you need to get to work, Brian, <laughs> because you need to pay for whatever it is you're doing. Um, so it says, a project I, am, I want to tackle soon is our walls and ceilings. So we have a small 650-square-foot cottage-type home. So this is we. So two of you are living in there, and you're probably working from home because it's COVID. So the question is... Why are you still both alive? <laughs> um, anyway, a 650s cottage type home, and it is mainly knotty pine wall paneling. The previous owners used a dark slash red stain, and I really want to bring it back to a more natural color. It does have some grooves in each board, so I'm assuming this is a beadboard. Um, so I'm not sure I'd be able to sand it down enough in those spots to get rid of the color. So, Any recommendations? Yeah, so uh, so I'm going to go. You just said you assume it's a beadboard, and it's probably it's probably one of two things. It's either what what's called yeah called beadboard, mm -hmm. uh, meaning it's usually a, like a five and a half inch wide board that might have the appearance of being two boards. So mm -hmm. in the middle of that board, there's a, a bead or sort of a rounded detail that's been routed, routed into the in. board, right? Yeah. And the same thing is true at the edge of the board, so that as you put the boards together, it makes it look like it's a consistent panel of these little pieces, right? Right. Um, or it's another thing called V-match pine, where V-match pine is, again, that five and a half inch board typically, but everywhere a board comes together, there's a 45 degree chamfer uh, right. or cut, right? And actually, most boards, when you buy them, are are flippable, right? They are. Like they, it's beadboard on one side and a V-groove on the other mm -hmm. side, depending on what you like. Many mills make it that way. Many, yeah. many mills, they make one product and it can be used as V-match or be used as, as beadboard, depending right. on your preference, right? right. Now, the problem with that, unfortunately, Brian, um, is that those little grooves, those grooves are just a bear. I, it, for for you to actually get down to um, to bare wood. So in order, if you're in order for you to get to get rid of that dark red stain, you the only way you're going to make that happen is to get down to true uh, bare wood with no right. remnants of the stain because it, the new material won't, the new finish will not take it at all unless you're down to bare wood. Right. So and so that's a lot of sand. That's a super laborious task. And if it's V-match pine, it's actually a little more doable than, than if bead it's beadboard. Board. The right. beadboard's virtually impossible, right? Because because in trying to scrape down the beadboard, you're going to destroy the curve of the bead, right? right? However, in trying to scrape down the V-match. Uh, you know, if you could take a sanding, you know, any kind of an orbital sander or belt sander, orbital sander would be better, an aggressive orbital sander, and you could sand all the flat surfaces, and then you'd have to take a scraper yeah. and scrape down the V-match groove, right? Or and use one of those little, like, roti tools, like tiny little sanders. You could use a roto tool, or, or I'm sorry, multi-tool, you could do that as well, but again, you know, if you look at the ceiling right now, you see crisp and consistent lines, mm -hmm. right? The V-match pine looks from board to board to board. Mm. It, your eye picks up the, the, the consistency, yep. right? Yep. And as soon as you go at the, at the gaps and you're trying to get that down to bare wood, you have to go all the way down the length of that board and do it with perfect consistency. Right. So now you haven't you haven't so it doesn't disrupted. Look all like yeah, yeah, wavy and ribbony. Exactly. So you don't have you yeah. still have a hard edge, and that's I'm going to put it to you that first of all it's almost impossible to do and second of all the juice is probably not worth the squeeze so and I, what i mean by that is 
I think you need to think about, uh, you know, maybe approaching the aesthetics of it differently or think about taking it down. And if you like the V-match, take it down and put up fresh wood. And I appreciate that that sounds like a, a, a big change, but I think alternatively, if you do it and try to make, try to sand it and scrape it so it looks pristine, it will never look pristine and you will actually take a step back in terms of the value of the house. Right. Right. Now, yeah, the, you, so, had, you so had some thoughts we, on what we, to do. Well, yes. And as we read this question initially, but before we, we got on air, my first reaction was, oh, Brian, you're screwed. So <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's going to be really, really hard to try and get rid of this dark color. And I, here's the other part of it. It's a 650-square-foot cottage, which means it's a small space to begin with, and it's a dark stain. So I expect that this stain, as you're probably already aware, is not helping the space feel any bigger. Or brighter. Or brighter right. than it is right now. Um, and one thing you could do, and I, I appreciate, you know, if you like natural woods, this may not be the most... Um, Wonderful suggestion. However, it is classic, will never go out of style, um, and is a good backdrop for any kinds of furniture or wood that you want to put on, is paint it white. Right. Um, it's clean. It's bright. It's, like I said, very classic, but not boring because you have texture. I'm not a big fan of white paint on drywall walls just because, ugh. <laughs> right? It's boring. And, and there's nothing going on. Dave's mom was an interior designer and she called it chicken white. Like you're just too afraid to do anything else. So I'm not a big fan of that. But on beadboard and V-match um, boards, it really looks beautiful. You pick up the texture of the wood, but um, but it keeps it subtle and um and it like i said if you have if you have other natural woods in there like if you have furniture um it helps to warm up everything else in your space and if, with a small house it's going to make it the whole space feel bigger and brighter yeah, and, 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 and it more also, inviting it's also appropriate and works well with the cottage concept correct right it's a cottage you kind yeah. of feel yeah. and and that can work really nicely so um and so then tied into that and that's also a super easy to do it yourself project it sounds like you're a do it yourself or you've been mm -hmm. tackling some projects as you go which is awesome um but same same kind of deal. The only thing to be mindful of is this is a ceiling material, right? And so the ceiling material you need to be considering that okay, if at, at 650 square feet for your living space, it also probably is is adjacent to or part of your kitchen area, mm -hmm. and so that means that over the course of time, even if you've been sort of fastidious about cleaning, the likelihood is there's probably extra. Uh, either grease or mm -hmm. smoke residue or things like that on the ceiling. So you're going to want to prep the job. Um, you don't have to get down to like sanding it down necessarily, uh, but you want to prep it by cleaning it thoroughly with denatured alcohol. Mm -hmm. right? So when you clean it thoroughly, you get any of the residue off there so that if you do decide to go ahead and paint it, uh, you're getting a nice bond. Right? right, and you don't right. have to worry, so about, have to worry about it peeling. Right. Um, one thing I uh, you, you said in the beginning of this question, and I didn't I didn't read it. Said I'm planning a kitchen remodel. Um, so keep in mind, you know, if you any any product that you do, um, but especially if you go with a, a light paint, if you're doing a kitchen remodel, ventilation right. for your stove. Right. Put put a good vent system in. Um, don't scrimp on that particular one because it will keep everything looking nicer right. longer. And, and when we talk about vent system, we also talk about what we really mean is that's not like a microwave hood with a yeah. recirculating fan. Microwave hood with a vent fan is fine, but make sure whatever you do actually vents outside. Some people feel like, think, well, I'm going to put some ventilation in. But, and I'm going to use it on recirculating mode. Recirculating mode basically just sucks the smoke into the bottom and blows it over your forehead, right, <laughs> if you stand in front of it. so And it does nothing to really filter it in any meaningful way. Yeah. So It filters some grease out, but other like, than that, but, right? But minimally, right, yeah. at mm -hmm. the end of the day. And so venting to the exterior is a big deal for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. also enhances the health of the space. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
Absolutely. Right. So those are our questions. So Brian, we super uh, we super appreciate you reaching out to us. And, and I'm uh, sorry for the bad news. You know. Well, it's not bad news. It's just a different direction, right? right? It's it's just you know you you got to make the most of the materials you have in the house. And and I love V Match Pine. I love Naughty Pine. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but in this particular case, we're kind of thinking that encapsulating it or going over it with a paint is uh, is going to be a better solution for you guys. Correct. So thanks again for listening, uh, and thank you to everyone else. So please. Keep continue for the subscribing and the liking. We truly appreciate it. It's uh, it's helpful and meaningful to us and to the show. And we love your questions. And please, please send keep those them. Going. Yeah. So you have listened to a, uh, another episode of Renovation Made Right. I am David Bryan. And I, as you all know, am Brenda Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.